Hey, y'all, I want you to check out Brooklyn Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games. It's like a monthly zine subscription. Each issue is chock full of imaginative, useful information you will use at your table. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games for a new issue in your mailbox or inbox every month. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light the Light Figured Thief. And here I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar the Barbarian. Or are you Logar the Librarian again? I know we've had a couple episodes where you're Logar the Librarian. I'm always Logar the Librarian. Here's the thing. When I was growing up in Cleveland, if you're familiar with Cleveland, Ohio, it was the 80s and early 90s. I actually left there in 93. The summer of 93 uh, is when we left. And I grew up right by the library, like two houses down the library on West 157th Street. So if you know the area... Yeah, I know a few listeners up there, you know where West 157th Street is, right off Lorraine. There's an old library there. I was up there almost every day of my life. So I am permanently low out of the librarian. <laughs> I am constantly going to the bookstores. I spend a lot of time browsing through a books and other online book retailers. I, I do books and I'm a, I'm a bargain shopper when it comes to books a lot of times, too, although yeah, I, I'm a book. I'm a book person. I'm a book fire. Like, what's the word? I'm addicted to books. Might as well face it. I'm addicted to books. <laughs> so one of our, uh, I believe, uh, Patreon listeners has suggested that we talk about one of the uh, Appendix Ends concepts. So this was what Dr. Apathy, I think is his name on Discord. Yeah, Dr. Apathy suggested this. What was your, what was your, uh, why don't you talk about what your appendix in is? And, and, and uh, like we, that we've been, uh, we got our Discord that's associated with the Patreon and Patreon subscribers get uh, access to the Discord. And one of the things is we, I figured, hey, let's start a, a thread on episode suggestions. So, uh, uh, if you enjoy the show, you can always use the support on Patreon going over there and we can, uh, you know, we'll get you the link to get over to the Discord and whatnot. So, yeah, yep. we, we, uh, it was Dr. Apathy who said, Well, what about your personal, your appendix in? Yeah, yeah your, your personal appendix in. So, appendix in book club, appendix in <laughs> listings. I can't say that I have a definitive appendix in. Uh, now, I could tell you books that have influenced me. And, yeah. And I wanna, so how, I wanna, how, how about your classics? <laughs> well, I want to talk for a minute, though, about the idea of the appendix in before we go there, because I, I feel like like I'm, I'm creating an appendix in for the game I've been working on, Hobo's Guide to Time and Space. And that appendix in is very different from like what would be my D&D appendix in. Sure. The genre is different, right? You have science fiction, time mm-hmm. traveling type of stuff versus, say, classic fantasy. And then there's books in general, because I so I spent years reading lots of science, predominantly science fiction, but some fantasy. And and then I got into nonfiction for decades. And I'd say that there are things on my appendix in that are nonfiction more so than fiction a lot of times that I feel just should be read and understood when approaching things like building societies and building worlds and stuff like that, too. 
Well, from a world building standpoint, for sure, yes. Well, world building, and then even even is like uh, like like creating these characters and and creating your adventures. I tend to pull from historical things often more so than I do from fantasy things. So there is that element too. So let's start with an appendix in. So what what which append like? So I'm sitting here thinking like my appendix in could be vast if it encompasses all those. Right. Well. Yeah. Again, it's uh, we have several categories already that we talked about, right? There's, <laughs> there's genre, general genre of your fantasy or sci-fi or something else. There's world building, world creation, as well as storyline creation, I guess. Yeah. Or adventure creation. So I think you can get inspirations for all those three or four different buckets <laughs> with different books, right? Yeah, and there's like there's I I do sci-fi games now. I ran a lot of Heroes Unlimited too, and most of the appendix in for that would be comic books. comic books. <laughs> so like what like Bronze Age, Silver Age comics from the well, 80s. I mean, yeah, like I was reading. I guess is eighty is the early eighties. Is that considered Bronze Age? Yeah, that's considered the start of the Bronze Age, probably. Oh wow! So I guess I was reading Bronze Age comics when they were coming out new. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, I had a lot of Silver Age. So, so where let's? I'll start with the kind of stuff I first got into as a kid, and try to go back early in things that were influential on my interests. And I'll try to keep it to a little bit of fiction now as well. Sure. Uh, I'd say that my mother was was big on pushing C.S. Lewis and Tolkien on me as a kid because she read those growing up. So those were there. Sure. They were not my favorites. Well, you know, there were, there were the original classic fantasy ones, right? Yeah. Because those came out in, like, what, the 50s or whatever it was? So well, Yeah, I had her old box sets from back then. Uh, her, she had two paperback box sets. One was the C.S. Lewis ones. And then what was the sci-fi trilogy that C.S. Lewis did? I read those. It was really weird. Like I don't think I read those. I think I, I yeah, all they were out the, there. the Narnia stuff, whatever it was. And then I she had the like Lord of the Rings box set with the Hobbit, and I had I had those growing up that were given to me, and I mostly read those at, at my grandmother's house because my mother kept them there. So I, I my mother I would I would read them when I was at my grandmother's house, and there wasn't a lot for me to do there. I felt because I wasn't right next to the library. Well, my grandmother had an okay couple of bookshelves, a decent little library, not compared to my library, which I much prefer. <laughs> well, of course, the preference is different. So, you know, if we start with a lot of the earlier works, then yes, it'll be the uh, classic Tolkien Hobbit fantasy. But uh, I don't know. Did you read any like Ursula Gunn when you were younger? I didn't read Ursula K. Le Guin until more recent years. I, okay. I, I am a fan of Ursula K. Le Guin. I, I like her stuff. I'm right now I'm reading through that giant omnibus that is like the complete collected Earthsea set. Yep, Earthsea is a good series. And I've I picked up some of the other stuff um as well. I think one thing that was really influential on me young that I want to bring up, which was a classic that I don't hear a lot of that I really got into is those Oz books. Oh, the, so I read those Oz books when I was in third or fourth grade. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, our school library had the Oz books. So, yes. you know, this is beyond the Wizard of Oz. We're talking about the big hardback. The big the, colorful like, hardback. The colorful ones. Yeah. Getting Came back, into, back like, the, in the day. The land of Oz. So I actually ended up buying all the paperbacks as an adult. So I have those actually upstairs. <laughs> oh, I'd love those. I want those. Uh, I, I The only thing I have is I have a nook that I occasionally read. It's the easiest way I can read uh, digitally. Because it's like one of those paper ones. It looks like paper. Right. Yep. And I have like the complete collected Frank L. Baum Oz on there. What I think is cool about 
the Wizard of Oz because I read it about a, uh, probably a, whenever I got that nook, I read the Wizard of Oz on there again. And it's interesting the way they describe things in there because they talk about the gray dullness of it a lot. And I can see how that translated well into the to the classic 30s film. To, to the movie. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the classic one. I, I, I think there's better. I, I like the classic one. But at the same time, uh, there's uh, there's there's probably some other additions. Like in the 80s, when Return to Oz came out, I was into that. And I think that kind of stoked some of my Oz interest well in reading those books. The Scarecrow of Oz was great. Yeah, yep. I loved those. And TikTok used- of Oz. <laughs> oh, TikTok was one of my favorites. Yeah, now just as a side note, there is a 5E Oz game out there that, that I picked up. And so at some point, we can always venture to Oz in our gaming realm. Oh, you picked that up. I'd like to. Uh, I'd, I'd like to get that. I'm hoping to pick. Yeah, that so up. Yeah, so I funded it on Kickstarter. So I have the PDFs, the hardbacks, with well, the hard copy still being printed. So I haven't received those yet. But we do also like Oz because of the society in the land of Oz is uh, quite peaceful. <laughs> there's no, there's no money. There's no war. Everybody has enough food to eat. Everyone has enough shelter and stuff. So you know, the society of Oz is uh, something that obviously we, we do appreciate. Yeah, there is a very uh, socialist style of bent that Frank L. Baum had in those books that I didn't pick up as a kid. Not as a kid, but as yeah, an adult. <laughs> as an adult, looking back, it, it, it was there. Um, I I like that. In retrospect, it makes me even want to revisit those again. I really would love to have those old, colorful hardbacks that we the read as old, kids. colorful hardbacks. So the paperbacks that I have, they're black and white. They did a reprint. Of the colorful hardbacks. Oh, did they? Yeah, but they were terribly expensive. I oh, I didn't buy them because it was getting into the, the range of like five to seven hundred dollars for the oh, reprints. Oh, yeah, I can't afford that. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I had a hard time. Yeah, I, I didn't order that. It was a, like a limited edition reprint. So maybe sometime in the future I'll go back and look for it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wonder if I can find some old ones on A Books. Maybe I, yeah. I, I tend A Books. Think cool thing is a lot of the stuff I'm looking for on eight books you can pick up for three or four bucks, and that includes shipping a lot of times. And right. I'll get a lot of books on eight books, like Better World Books and some other places around tend to have pretty decent deals. Now, again, a large amount of what I buy on there is not game books, but and and it's and sometimes it can be fiction, but a lot of times it's like philosophy, history, things like that. Um, yeah, Oz was big. Now, when I got into like Hey, I'm gonna. Uh, so I got into science fiction really big as a kid. So like the Bradbury or Isaac Asimov style. Oh science yeah, fiction. Oh yeah, both of those. So like Foundation, even though Foundation. Well, do you remember the a... Norby Chronicles? I don't think I've read those. No. So in the early '80s, it was Isaac Asimov and someone else wrote this this series of books called the Norby Chronicles, and I remember reading them. Now here's here's the thing. Um, let me check. I'm gonna Google it. It's uh, it was Isaac Asimov and Janet Asimov wrote the Norby Chronicles, and there was a little robot that had adventures, and it was made kind of geared towards a younger audience. And it came out in the early eighties. Asimov was putting those out. Oh, uh, I think that because it was Asimov, and I was picking those up, I just saw it's usually the name Asimov was big. It's they say Janet right. and Isaac Asimov, and I went on to read a lot of Isaac Asimov that I was uh, you know, kind of associated with that. I don't know if Janet was. I'm assuming she was related. Was she a wife? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that. Oh, yeah, she was. She was uh, Isaac Asimov's wife, according to Wikipedia. So him and his wife put out children's books. I read the, like, at least the first Foundation, and 
I read a lot. He put out a lot of more pulpy adventure stuff over the years. Um, like I, I can't remember like space detective type books. There's t- he the man wrote an absurd amount of books, like over five hundred books. And some of them weren't even fiction. Some of them were yeah, like like and I like Wellsprings of Life was one that I read of his. I picked it up like oh it's got Isaac Asimov's name. Next thing you knew, I was just reading essentially science textbooks as a kid. Right. <laughs> So, did you ever uh, read the Stainless Steel Rat? No, was that Asimov? No, that wasn't Asimov. That was Who was that? Stainless Steel Rat. I forget. Let me look it up. But uh, you might enjoy that one because it's pretty much the adventure of like a uh, anarchist pirate thief type of guy. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I like that. Stainless Steel Rat was written by Harry Harrison. Oh, I recognize that name. Yep. Anyway, the main character is a guy named Slippery Jim. You know, he's a con man, a thief. But he's also, you know, <laughs> yeah, fighting against the man. <laughs> so no doubt, I, 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 I have to Harry, Harry Harrison, Harry Harrison. That name rings a bell. What else did Harry Harrison? Oh, he was he did a bunch of old pulp like pulp stuff back then. Yeah, I think he did. He did. So you know, obviously coming from that era where he was writing for Amazing Stories, I think mm-hmm. it was. Um, so Stanley Steel Rat was one of his uh, fun characters. Now I I, I like sci fi a lot, and I did dabble into some fantasy. But I have to say that my initial obsession was sci-fi. The thing I read a lot of growing up, because in the 80s, I was really into Doctor Who on PBS. Yep. So I would pick up every single one of the Target novelizations that I could get my hands on. And they were just like little novelizations. A lot of them just written by Terrence Dix of Doctor Who episodes. Um, And that's how like I'd, I'd, I'd be able to... like. Before the episodes would air in the United States on PBS, you couldn't get them um, like, you know, on video or stream them, but you could get target novelizations. So when there'd be a new doctor and new episodes over in the over out in the UK, I'd be able to get a hold of the novelizations before I could get the episodes and I'd read them before I could actually before you could see, see them, them aired on PBS. Yeah. I got really into those. And then there were a few like uh, definitely choose your own adventure books. But one thing I really got into as well were Nancy Drew and Hardy Boy books. Oh, well. yeah. I've read a lot of Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, Encyclopedia Brown, like mystery type of stuff. <laughs> I read a little bit of Encyclopedia Brown. There was a there was there was a, but Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys were definitely a high point of mine. Those old. They the had old like blue covers, blue covers, hardback, the, the hardbacks, yeah, yeah. yellow covers for those are great. <laughs> I love both of those series. And then they started putting out new paperbacks where they had more of an 80s look where they have their yes. little like, like sports jacket with their sleeves rolled up looking well, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the members only look, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those were great. I, I would I would kill one of those in a night, like as a kid, I would just be, oh, I'm gonna read this Hardy Boy book tonight, and I would just, right. Blow through those things. And then there was Tom Swift as well, which... There's a TV show now with Tom Swift on HBO. Yeah, I saw the first couple episodes. I haven't finished I haven't it watched, yet. Yeah, I haven't yeah, finished it's, it yet. It's, it's, it's not terrible. It's an interesting it's interesting direction they're going with it. Um, But the Tom Swift stuff was cool, but it was never as abundantly available at the library, I feel, as the Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys. And I felt it was kind of on that vein because it kind of had yeah. similar publication histories and, and styles. And the ongoing things. So Tom Swift's were cool. We got into those as well. So did you ever get into like Dune? Oh yeah. I mean, Dune's a little bit, a little bit fascist, but uh... <laughs> so let me let me say this about Dune. I I appreciate Dune, and there's some interesting things in there. That's there's I, I have conflicting feelings about 
Herbert and perhaps what he was doing or saying, I see positives and negatives. And I can't figure yeah, it out agreed. all the time. I read the first two books and I, and I read them in high school. And yeah. I will tell you this. I say the same thing about Dune as I say about Lord of the Rings. I think I may have said on this show before. I felt like it was canoeing through mud. <laughs> it's it's a slow it's a slow read <laughs> it's a dense ass book yeah like, it's a it slow is, read it is rough to get through you know what we're coming about on time uh, let me make a suggestion we'll do a part two <laughs> let's do a part two and keep on talking about the appendix in for a little bit yeah. <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today give us a positive review wherever you're listening you can find us on facebook search wobblies and wizards wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog I'm on Twitter and TikTok now at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. And support your local libraries.